0: The opening chapters of the Bible are the seedbed for the truth found throughout the rest of Scripture. As we study the first 11 chapters of Genesis, we will discover principles that can guide us as we seek to have a new beginning with God. Are you in need of a spiritual reset? Good news. Our God is the God of new beginnings. Let's join Scott Pauley now. At the core of
1: every sin, there's a lie because its origin is in the liar, the devil. And sin promises what it can never deliver. People sin because they believe something uh, that is not true. They trust something that they feel, that they think, that they see, that they hear that doesn't line up with truth. And the only way to deal with sin is you got to have truth. That's why when David sinned with Bathsheba and then killed her husband and finally got right with God, what did he say? He said, God wants truth in the inward parts. Uh, In the hidden part, you'll make me to know wisdom. Look, God will give you his wisdom, but you have to be willing to speak the truth. To say about your sin what God says about your sin. That's the very essence of the word confess. It literally means to say the same thing. So uh, today, we're going to look at the first sin of man in the garden, and we're going to learn some hard truth, not just about their sin, about our sin. We return today to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 6. After this uh, satanic conversation that Eve entertains with the enemy, We pick up in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 6. The Bible says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Now there's a lot of hard truth in this one verse in verse number 6. Notice please, it started with what she saw. If you're not careful, your eyes will lead you astray Uh, because there's always something you can see. Now, you're not looking at it spiritually. You're looking at it in a fleshly way, Uh, but it begins there. There really are three parts here. It says that she saw it was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, and it was to be desired to make one wise. Uh, Someone has rightly said that this corresponds with the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life found in 1 John. Uh, This is what all sin is. All sin is the desire uh, to have something God doesn't want me to have, to do something God doesn't want me to do, or to be something God doesn't want me to be. In fact, let me tell you where this sin grew. This sin grew in the garden of ingratitude. Think about this for a moment. If Eve had simply been so thankful and overwhelmed with all God had given them already, all they had to enjoy, who they were, the fellowship they had with God, I believe that thankfulness, that gratitude would have kept them from thinking this way. But every evil grows in the garden of ingratitude and discontentment. If you want to keep yourself from sin, stay thankful, stay grateful, stay consumed with the goodness of God you know, it's striking to me. This is the, the one couple in history that could say they had perfect spouses. This is the one couple in history that could say they lived in the perfect house, had the perfect situation. But here's what I've discovered. Eden is never enough. Uh, perhaps you're listening today and you think, well, if I could just get this one thing fixed, if I could just get this area of my life right, if I could just get a better person, if I could just, you fill in the blank. No, because even if you got that, even if it was perfect, Eden would not be enough. The problem was not that they didn't have good circumstances. Better circumstances will not make a better life. The problem was they weren't grateful for what God had already given them, and they weren't thinking about the goodness of God. And so the hard truth is we we have to deal with ourselves with the way we think if we want to keep ourselves from sin. Another hard truth about sin at the end of the verse is that no one wants to sin alone. The moment she ate she gives to her husband, and he eats. Now think about this. Uh, Guilt and misery love company. And so here's a woman now saying to her husband, here, you join me in this, and think of Adam. Adam's culpable in this. Don't blame Eve. Adam had a a conscience. Adam had a choice. Adam was the one who had been commanded. By the way, where was Adam when Satan was having a conversation with his wife? Uh, both of them individually chose, but it brought such destruction. And notice that Adam chose uh, to fall and to sin with his wife rather than to stay right with God and be separated from his wife. Something about sin, we, we don't just want to sin alone. And maybe you think your sin is private. Maybe you think your sin is so secret it's just you. I want to tell you, uh, maybe the act of it is, but the effects of it are not. Your sin will affect other people. That's the hard truth about sin. Then verse 7, and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Here's the hard truth about sin. Uh, It not only doesn't deliver what it promises, it delivers much that you do not want. Someone rightly said, sin takes you further than you want to go keeps you longer than you want to stay, and costs you more than you want to pay. I say amen, amen, and amen to that. By experience, I know what I'm talking about, not just because I've read it, but because I've seen it in my own life. Uh, You know, um, there's a moment in time where they realized what they had done, and guilt and shame comes in. They realize they're naked. They start sewing fig leaves together. They make aprons for themselves. Adam will shortly tell God, we were afraid when we heard your voice. Uh, friends, this is the first mention of guilt, shame, and fear. That is what sin brings. That's the hard truth about sin. You may see it from the front side. You better look at it from the back side. And then we come to verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The The Hebrew terminology here has to do with the wind. Remember, God is a spirit. In other words, God blew through that garden. By the way, God comes through your garden. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. See, when a man is out of fellowship, he will soon be out of place. When you're not right with God, nothing is quite right. I'm going to tell you, I believe every day previous to this, when they heard the voice of the Lord God, they ran toward the voice. Today they run away from the voice. Every person is moving one of two directions. Here's the hard truth. You're either drawing closer to God or you're running from him. Which are you doing? And here's the hard truth. The hard truth is you can't hide from the presence of God. You can try. You can try to run, but you can't hide from the presence of God. If you don't believe me, ask Jonah, who rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord, and the Lord met him in a boat, in a fish. (laughs) Uh, God knows where you are. God is where you are. God's going to deal with you there. The hard truth is that you cannot escape a holy God. Verse 9 says, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. There it is again. You cannot hide from God. By the way, when God said Adam's name, and, and God speaks to us individually, when God said Adam's name and said, Where art thou? God was not looking for information. He was looking for confession. Do you think God knew where Adam was? Sure. It would be comical if it wasn't so tragic. Sewing fig leaf aprons together to hide their nakedness, hiding behind a tree that God created. Friends, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, beholding the evil and the good. God knows right where you are. You can look to the left, to the right, in front of you, behind you, but you better look up because God has his eye on you. And God is simply looking for one thing. He's looking for you to confess your sin. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Whoso covereth his sins shall not prosper, the psalmist said, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Friend, don't try to run from God or hide from God today.
0: Run toward the Lord. No matter where you are or what you've done, you can have a new beginning with the Lord. A great way to experience this new beginning is to have a fresh start in your devotional life. We encourage you to get into God's Word. On our website, EnjoyingTheJourney.org, you will find a wide variety of devotional plans from which to choose. We hope they're a blessing to you. Thank you for joining us today. And may God help you to enjoy the journey.